In today's show, we're looking at nine games from Monday in the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always, at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit RockAuto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Here we are, nine games on a Monday. Let's go through our standard that we normally will do on a show like this. And we'll start things off by cracking in and looking at the news. And it's not great for Zion Williamson. Two to three more weeks out, at least. You would be surprised if he's back before Thanksgiving. Surprised if he's back before December, to be honest. The lying, the misinformation from this franchise continues to be a real issue. It's disgustingly bad. Go and listen to uh, Locked on Pelicans today. Listen to Jake Madison talk about how uh, the lying is not going down well for New Orleans. It's really tough. Like, you know, I thought Zion was in for a really big year. Maybe he's in for a big year. By big, I mean 300 plus pounds. Because he is not on the court anytime soon, and then he'll be restricted, and then he'll get upset at the restrictions, and then he won't be fully ready, and it'll be a shit show all year. You can't drop him, but there's no way he's returning the value he did last season. I cannot see how. Kevin Love is in the health and safety protocols, as is Tobias Harris, as is Chris Middleton. Brooke Lopez and Drew Holiday also remain out for tomorrow. Harris and Love, you'd expect to miss the rest of the week. We'll talk more about Harris in the game and Love in the game later on. James Wiseman's cleared for contact. I wouldn't add him in 12-team leagues, maybe 16-team leagues, but I wouldn't get too excited there. We still don't have a firm date on his return. It'd probably be a few weeks off still. While Max Struess is going to be out for a couple of weeks in Miami, so perhaps someone like Caleb Martin or Gabe Vincent can take his rotation role, but that is for the very, very deep league people uh, only. Nothing super exciting there. So that's sort of the big news, uh, I guess, of the day. Let's look at the most traded player. And I was surprised. This guy wasn't number one. The number one player was Michael Porter Jr., who we just covered on the uh, Sell High Buy Low show. So I didn't want to talk about him. But Duarte, Chris Duarte. Interesting to me that he was the most traded player. Were people panicking that the return of Karis LeVert? I think he's going to continue starting when TJ Warren, if that bloke's even still alive, when he returns, it will be interesting to see what they do. But Duarte with some very, very different value here. Traded straight up for Kyle Lowry. Traded straight up for Steven Adams. See, I'd rather Lowry than Duarte, but I'd rather Duarte than Adams. Traded straight up for Yucca Pirtle. That's a lot of value placed on Duarte there. I'd rather have Pirtle. Traded straight up for Alperen Sengun. Two rookies. One, I think, might be going in the downward direction, and that's Duarte. And Sengun, I reckon, is going up pretty high. And then also traded along with Mo Bamba for Lonzo Ball. Now, I could make an argument that you could trade Bamba straight up for Lonzo Ball. So what's Duarte's value there? It's all over the place, really. 
people don't really know how to value him. I still think that he's a, a must-roster sort of a guy, but that could very easily change when everybody um, returns. But for now, I do believe he will start over Justin Holiday. But if they do make the decision to start Holiday and bring Duarte off the bench and play in 25 minutes, it's going to be impossible, I think, to continue holding him in those circumstances. It's time for the Watfo. Someone said, what is the odds that Dwayne Casey is the first coach fired? 5% I'm putting it at. I just don't think the Pistons, who value culture so much, they value having a black head coach and a black general manager. That's just something they've said plenty of times, and free agents going there have prioritized that. Um, They've just extended him. They're not trying to win. I think there is zero chance. That's right. I got actually said 5% chance that Dwayne Casey will be the first uh, first head coach fired. The first one likely is probably going to be Luke Walton, but it's hard to look across the league and see who that coach that's going to be fired is. Let's look. It won't be Atlanta, Brooklyn, Boston, Charlotte, Chicago, Cleveland maybe, but they're playing well. Dallas, yeah, maybe, but probably won't be. It won't be Denver. It won't be Steve Kerr. It won't be Steven Silas, maybe. Maybe Silas. It won't be Carlo. It won't be Lou. It won't be Vogel. Jenkins, Spolstra, Budenholzer, Finch, Willie Green, Dibido, Dagnot, Mosley, Doc Rivers, maybe? Probably not, though. Monty Williams, Chauncey Billups, Luke Walton's the obvious standout there. Greg Popovich, of course, it won't be him. Nick Nurse, Quinn Snyder, and Wes Unseld. There's not many options to be fired first this season. I think Walton's got to be the clear leader. And then it probably is Casey, but maybe we only have one in-season firing. That's sort of how I would be looking at it at this point. But I don't think... I don't think Casey is going to be um, the first guy out of there. I don't think that's what they'll do. Guys, I'm going to tell you about the best thing, the way that you can make DFS easy, and that is with Price Picks. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. It is the best NFS, no, NBA DFS prop game on the market. It offers more NBA props and other NBA DFS prop providers from the superstars or even the bench blokes. Just getting a couple of minutes or whatever your category is, blocks, assists, rebounds, points. You can do the over-unders on any of those over on prize picks. Just you know, sign up and you get 100% match deposit up to $100 by using our promo code, which is NBA. How prize picks works, you pick two to five players, look at their over-unders and certain props, combine them together and you can win up to 10 times your entry fee. So go and sign up and create an entry. You can do it multi-sport as well, cross football, hockey, basketball, whatever. Combine them all together. Use that award-winning app or use the website. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less and you get fast and safe withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com and use the promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Prizepicks is daily fantasy made easy. All right, let's go on to look at the top ads across fantasy over the last 24 hours. The Duck Luke Kennard is up almost 18%. I think that is a totally fine move. With Marcus Morris still dealing with his knee injury, which I'm really worried about, to be honest, considering how long he's had this problem. Um, with Bledsoe sucking, Kennard's a solid ad. He also played today, which helps. Matisse Thibel up 17%. Now Danny Green's pinged a hammy. Well, sorry, hamstring tightness that Doc Rivers is worried about. Um, Thibel probably starts. Great defensive stats there. Carmelo Anthony's up 12% because he's shooting the lights out. Add him. Try and sell him off for a top 70 guy if you can. Josh the Hitman hard up 11% with Graham and Ingram questionable for tomorrow. Um, Zion out. 
Hart, maybe he starts again. There's a real spot for him to take some short-term value. Pat Beverly, unfortunately, missed today's game, but D'Angelo Russell went down. Beverly was producing value on his own, but if he can get in and play 27 a night, there's a lot of 12-team value there. Um, Danny Green was rostered, uh, increased by six percentage points. Well, no, don't worry about that. PJ Washington, he really, at this point, can only play center. Any lineup with him at the four is getting cooked, and that is really limiting his overall upside. But he's producing the last two games really nicely. Bob Portis up 5%. I don't mind taking that flyer on him. And then Monty Morris up 4.5%. He's okay as an ad. In terms of drops, Jalen Brunson down 11%. I think people cut bait a little bit too soon there, especially considering they play on Tuesday. Paddy Mills down 10%. Totally fine. Precious Achua. The big sneeze looked terrible. He's looked terrible every game. He was a guy that in my when I was doing mock drafts for the 2020 draft, I actually had him in the second round. I think I just think he's an atrocious NBA player or he's going to be an atrocious NBA player. Um, and I said this in the offseason plenty of times, there might be a chance that he plays for the Raptors and puts up min- puts up numbers and people think he's good, and but he's not. Unfortunately, he is getting those minutes. He's not putting up numbers and people are- actually understand he's terrible. He will not start, I wouldn't think, another game for the Raptors. Jaden McDaniel's down 7%. He's just a defensive stats streamer, but like worse than a Thibault. Bledsoe down 7%. Probably whole, but I, I can understand dropping him. Kleber is injured, so he's down 6%. Okay. Paddy Connaughton down six. He's a streamer for tomorrow. That's about it. While uh, Davion Mitchell, finally people are catching on. Is that 5% of people who watch this show? Yeah, he should not be rostered in 12-team formats. That'll bring us now to talk about the games. The first game that we take a look at was the Philadelphia 76ers, and they uh, took on the Portland Trailblazers. Some very, very weird, um, weird stuff going on again with Damian Lillard. Let's start with him. He played 36 minutes. He ended with 20 points, but it took 20 shots. He shot 22% from three. He added 10 assists. Like he's all, he's all, look, the numbers are all right, but he's a 63rd ranked player. Every game that I watch, the more I think, yeah, I reckon the bloke that told me might be right about this abdominal injury. I don't know if it's going to shut down his season, but has he had one good shooting game? I think he had a good shooting quarter. He just looks, he just doesn't look right at all. Anthony Simons looks all right. 17 points, three assists, three rebounds, three triples. He's got 12-team value, 104th-ranked player this year. If you need points and threes, he might even be a better option than, say, like a Joe Harris, a Duncan Robinson, a Tim Hardaway. He's ranked higher than all those guys. He's worth looking at. Stormman Norman Powell did a really interesting thing. That's a Jordan Clarkson line. 22 points, one rebound, and nothing else. Shot the ball really well, but if he didn't, it would have been a really terrible line. Nice numbers there. Well, Yusuf Nurkic, you know, reports of Yusuf Nurkic, which I've seen written in lots of places. Nah, the dude's so unfit. He can't play more than 25 minutes. Well, he played 28 here. He can do it. I don't know why he doesn't do it. It wasn't his best night. Seven and nine with a steal and two blocks. But despite the struggles, he's still the 70th ranked player. Well, Larry Nance cannot get over 20 minutes. 18 minutes, seven and six. I don't know what's going on with Robert Covington. We'll talk about him in a sec. But Nance could start. I wouldn't be necessarily holding on. Well, uh, CJ McCollum, 20 points in 40 minutes. Rough night for CJ. One of four from the line is disgusting. And he was like a top five player about five days ago. He is now the 29th ranked player. It was always going to normalize. Let's talk Bob Covington. He's a guy that starts out every season terribly. And if you drop him, you regret it. I think you got to drop him. Look, I know there is a risk of regretting him, regretting it. But zero points in 19 minutes. No defensive stats, three rebounds. There is a replacement there with Larry Nance. He looks horrible. He's offering nothing offensively. The defensive stats are sporadic. I know that the risk is there that if you drop him, you will regret it. 
and I have held on probably a week longer than I would have under a circumstance for any other player. And I am not super confident in pulling that trigger. But if you did it, I wouldn't say you're a dickhead. And you know what that means coming from me. <laughs> Sometimes your people make moves like you are absolutely cooked. Like that is a horrendous move. If you drop Robert Covington and say you're fair enough, like, it's fair enough. I don't know if I've got the balls to do it because I know what's happened year after year after year. But the numbers would suggest that it is not uh, going particularly well. The Sixers rested Joel Embiid. They've had no Ben Simmons. Toby Harris got COVID protocol 40 minutes before the game and is going to be out probably all week. So the big avocado, Andre Drummond, started 14 and 15, seven assists, five steals and a block. What a monster that is from Drummo. Absolute monster. 61 fantasy points. We know that he puts up numbers. He was actually, though, to be fair to Drummond, and I've been critical of him, because let's be honest, he was dreadful for the Lakers, dreadful for the Cavs, dreadful for the Pistons the last two years. He played really well. And he can play really well. He's done it in the past. What happened to him is he, he started taking these weird post-up hook shots and started just being out of control with the ball and not playing his role, and it turned him into a disaster of a player. Back in the early stages of career, he knew what he was doing. Be a big handsy steals guy. Pass the ball, protect the rim, grab boards and put back dunks. And then he just went away from that and said, I can do everything. So Andre, you actually can't. If he fills his role, like he can be a really good player. And then you get the bonuses when Embiid's out. It's hard to judge too much from this game though, with no Embiid and no Harris. Seth Curry had 23, 6 and 5. He's always going to get more shots and they went in. He's more fringy though. While Georgie Nyang, 21, 5 and 5 in 31 minutes. He benefited more from Harris being out than Furkan Korkmaz, who started. But both guys can have short-term stream value. I would be looking at Thibel as a must-roster player. Three steals and a block. He's going to probably start, I would imagine, with Dan Green likely to miss. While it wasn't a great night from Maxi, 10 points and 7 assists, but he did hold off the minutes from Shake Milton, who just played 20 and had 10 points. I'd rather Maxi than Milton. But again, the return of Ben Simmons, if it does happen, and I think it will, is the big cloud hanging over both of their values. And if you, you are looking at your roster, and there is a hot free agent out there that you want to add, and you got Maxi, I'd guess he's probably your worst guy. So that means he is probably expendable in that scenario. Let's go to the next game. We got the Indiana Pacers. They smashed the Spurs, 131-118. And honestly, it wasn't really that close. Derek White had 13 and seven assists. That was fine. DeJounte Murray had 16, two and six. That's fine. Devin Vassell got pretty hot. 15 points, three assists, two steals and a block. We like that. He's a top 150 player this year. Yeah, I'd much prefer him over Lonnie Walker. I don't know if he's guaranteed to be a must-hold guy, but I just want them to start developing him. He's a better player than Keldon Johnson, who again was terrible, 9-5-4. And, and whenever I say drop Keldon Johnson, there's always going to be someone in the comments, oh, you're a fool, mate. Don't drop him. Don't drop him. He's the 183rd ranked player, and he's just not good. He's not good. He's not. People were drafting him in the 90s or 80s in drafts. It was crazy to me. I don't care everything, right? I got that one right, though, I think. Pretty sure I did. Um, yeah, I, I no problem in a category league dropping him. In a points league, it is a little bit different. And I would consider holding Keldon. Shit night from Jakob Pertl. 11 and 6 with a block. Though. If that's a shit night, then that's fine. While Thad Young had uh, 2 points in 15 minutes and Lonnie Walker 10 points in 27, but not much else. That is the Lonnie Walker story. This is Lonnie Walker from years ago. This is what he's always done. 10 points with not much else. I think he's a streamer for points and not really anyone that I'm looking at as a must-hold guy. For the Pacers, again, too easy. Miles Turner, 19-8 and eight with two steals and three blocks. And Sabonis had 24, 13, and six. 
Both of those guys were 70% or higher with their field goal, so that really helps. Or Timothy John McConnell, this is more like it. 10 assists, 3 steals, and a block in 26 minutes. But he played 26 minutes only in a game without Malcolm Brogdon. I cannot see with the way that Rick Carlisle has used him, treated him, respected him, or respected him, valued him, that he can maintain value when Brogdon's back. I can't see it. But he has, he has to be rostered now. Duarte had 18-3-2. He's fallen back in those rankings now, but he's still 79th, still maintains value. While Levert played only 24 minutes, and in true Karis Levert style, just killed your percentages. 32 from the field, 50 from the line, but 16-2-7. You know with Levert, you have to punt those percentages. Or you have to be in a position where you're so insulated that it doesn't matter because he is going to hurt you. Big game from Justin Holiday, 17 points with five threes and two steals. That's pretty good overall there from Jaza. While um, O'Shea Brissett, remember when he had that big game and people, oh man, Brissett, he's in the rotation, he's fired up. And then he played three minutes and yeah, he's obviously not a uh, not a particularly reliable piece at this point. What's that? It's the sound of another sale from someone using Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. In case you didn't know, Shopify is a complete commerce platform that lets you start, grow, and manage a business. The subscription-based software allows anyone to set up an online store and sell their products. Shopify store owners can also sell in physical locations using Shopify POS. And that doesn't stand for what the other POS stands for. It's point of sale. And it is the app and accompanying hardware. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business. So upstarts, startups, established businesses, I don't know, startups and upstarts, what? Established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales and effortlessly stay informed. Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. So go to shopify.com slash locked on MBA or lowercase for a free 14 day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash locked on MBA right now. Shopify.com slash locked on NBA. The NBA is back. Football's rolling. And the number one place to place all your bets is betonline.ag. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile site. Sign up using the promo code LOCKEDONNBA for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit from football, basketball, baseball, NHL, UFC, boxing, or right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of all of the offers they've got for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline is where the game starts. Okay, let's go on to the next game of the day. We've got the Cleveland Cavaliers. And the Charlotte Hornets, sorry, the rampaging Cleveland Cavaliers, 113-110. I forgot if I read out the scores of those other games. Um, Sixers, 113-103 over Portland. And the Pacers, 131 over 118 over the Spurs. This one was Cleveland, 113, and the Hornets, 110. Let's talk about Jarrett Allen, who's been absolutely up and down. But this was huge. 24-16 and 16 with three blocks on 69% shooting. Oops. Giggity. It's great when he has these games. And he has like six and seven in a game. He's still been really good. Well, Larry Markkinen had his best game as well. What a game from Markkinen. 21 and 8 with two steals and three blocks. Oh, hi, Mark. You don't see that sort of defensive profile from Markkinen very often, but he's settling in as a 12-team league guy with a Coro out. Evan Mobley, 15 and 10, two steals and a block. 40 minutes is most impressive, but not his best night. While Darius Garland had 16, 3 and 4 and a weird play at the end where he sort of just dribbled under the, under the rim and then thought he was maybe at the wrong end. It was weird. Three steals as well for Garlo. Well, Sexton had 17 points, seven rebounds. That's got to be close to a career high, but 29% shooting is disgusting. He got to the line eight times, which is a positive, but only one three and two steals. He's just not a very good NBA basketball player. That's not, that's not fair to him. He's okay at NBA basketball. 
He's a very good basketball player. He's an excellent basketball player. But in the NBA, I'm just not sure about him. you still got to hold him, but he's now the 159th ranked player in category leagues. The 32 points in a points league is really solid. But if I'm the Cavs, I know it's a hard choice. I, I might throw a Coro out there and split their minutes at the two to get some defense into that lineup. Ravishing Rick Rubio. Five points, 14% shooting, eight, re- eight assists, two steals, and a block. He still maintains value, but he was never going to be that top 50 guy, or top 40 guy that he was you know, a week or so ago. It's going to come back down. He's going to be a top 100 player and, and a rosterable guy. Kevin Love was out, of course. Dean Wade played, and Dean Wade looked pretty, um, uh, pretty poor, I would say. Um, onto the Hornets. The Lamello Ball mystery or minutes situation is done. 30 points, 5 triples, 7 rebounds, two assi- 6 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks. That's an absolute monster. 57 fantasy points, 55 shooting. Uh, he might be a top 12 player this year. He might be. Well, Miles Bridges shot horribly for the first time all season, 22%. But who cares when you go 13, 9, and 8 with 3 steals and 2 blocks? And importantly, usage stayed up, even with Rogier there. Rogier played 34 minutes. He had 23 points, six rebounds, four threes, two steals, and a block. Now, I remember last year, we talked about him jumping his two-point percentage up by like 12 percentage points and how there was a risk that was going to come down. It hasn't been great so far. So keep an eye on that. He's obviously must roster. While Plumlee had two points, and Mason Plumlee is shooting 24% from the free throw line. Sorry, that's off the top of my head. In the 20s from the free throw line, which is clearly atrocious. He did block three shots here. I'm not certain he's a must roster player at this stage. PJ Washington Jr. only played 17 minutes. This is the problem with Peach. His lineups with him at Power Forward have been crushed. They've been disgusting. But him at center, it were, even though he's 6'7", him at center works. But until they replace Mason Plumlee with PJ Washington, it's hard to get too excited. 18 points is nice, but that's not realistic in 17 minutes. The two blocks is nice. The two threes is nice. If you want to add him, sure, like there's upside there. But unless he continually gets 25 minutes, it's going to be tough. I'm a bit worried about Gordy Haywood. Two games in a row, 29 minutes, and that doesn't close the game with Rogier and Bridges. You know, these guys, they're prioritizing over Haywood. It's weird the last two games. Only six points, two threes, two steals, and a block. So an okay production, but it just is not right, is he, Gordo? I'm a little worried. Cody Martin played 27 minutes, had 10, 6, and 4, and Kelly Oubre. Remember, he played like 32 minutes last game and went bananas. He had two points in 21 minutes. I do not believe that Kelly Oubre is a must-roster 12-team league guy. 14 teams, sure. But unless there's injuries, I can't see Ubre being must roster. Let's go on to the next game. It is the New York Knickerbockers and the Toronto Raptors. And what a win for Toronto. The Knicks were up big. And then I don't I don't really know what happened. Like the Knicks just completely like shit themselves. The Raptors went crazy and they got a massive win on the road without Scotty Barnes. The Jedi, OG Ananobi. But what about Scarves? OG. Balenciaga stop ones. OG. Uh, you better stop OG. Yeah, not, not to call this guy out, but someone said, oh, Josh, I disagree with your projections. OG's got no scope to improve. And then he dropped 36 points in 41 minutes with four threes on 48% shooting. This is why I've been so high on OG. Um, like, yes, Barnes and Siakam take usage away. But it's good to see him getting that usage and getting the shots to go in. Let's talk about Gary Trent. 43 minutes for Gaza. 26 points, four threes. They just left him open, like wide open. And they they went in. He took a ton of shots that it's not going to be able to take that many when Siakam and Barnes are there. And he got four steals. Now, what is he's the 83rd ranked player, which is undeniably really good. 
He's averaging about three steals per game, which has no, I don't think, chance of continuing. The fact that he has like two rebounds and two assists is what always worries me about his value. Plus, he has those shit shooting nights. This was great. There's no denying he can have massive games. But on the whole of things, he generally does struggle, and the steals are absolutely propping him up. I would be trying to sell high on Gaz. I talked about Precious already. One of nine, two points, nine boards. Honestly, he might be the worst rotation player in the NBA. He's a clear drop everywhere. Ken Birch played 31 minutes, had six and eight with two steals and a block. Now, I don't think, I don't think that Ken is must roster. You can grab him. 16 and 14 team leagues. But when Siakam comes back, it's going to be Birch rather than Trent who gets minimized. So he might play like 25 minutes. And that's just not enough to get excited about. I thought we might get a big Delano Banton game. He had uh, nine minutes for four points. I thought we might get a Chris Boucher game. He had two points in 10 minutes. Now, if Chris Boucher cannot play more than 10 minutes when Siakam is out, when Barnes is out, then I don't know when he's going to do it. You cannot. You cannot do it. And I know this is sacrilegious for Jack Armstrong to do this to one of his own, but... Get that garbage out of here! You, you can't. You just can't hold him, I don't think. There's no point in it. Goran Dragic, your DMP City again. For the Knicks, the double royal, Julius Randle. Twenty-two nine and five. At least he had some good percentages, but we've seen these defensive stats just completely drop off, as expected. And Rowan Barrett, two massive games in a row from RJ. Thirty-three fantasy points, twenty-seven and six with five threes, no assists, one steal, one block is always what worries you. And he did it while shooting sixty-nine percent, giggity, which of course has no chance of sticking. But it was great anyway. You worry that when he has those bad nights, is there enough in those other areas to back him up? But he's playing well. Kemba's also locked in fifteen three and three with three triples. People drop this bloke. He's now the 50th ranked player and should maintain top 100 numbers the rest of the way. Well, Mitchie Robinson, it's worrying to me that Robinson played 28 minutes with Noel out and then with Gibson getting hurt. The 12 boards is nice, but he's not doing enough for me to think absolute must-hold player. Uh, Fournier struggled a bit, 12 points on 13 shots, while Derek Rose under 20 minutes, Obi Toppin only 13 minutes. Uh, Rose is not a 12-team league guy anymore, while Quickly and Burks played you know, the under 20 minutes. There's no value in uh, in those blokes, un, uh, unfortunately for them. Let's go to the next game. The Wizards, they traveled to the Atlanta to take on the Hawks. 118-111, Atlanta gets the win. We had Spencer Dinwiddie on the Sal High Show today. He had 14-5-10 in 29 minutes. He still was perfect from the line, which is awesome, considering how high that number's been all year. The assists are good, but that usage dropped and some of the shooting dropped off, and his low threes and steals has always been the concern for me with Dinwiddie, and that's showed here. Montrez Harrell was also on the sell high. 13-8 and eight for him in 33 minutes. And it's good that he kept the 33 minutes up, but Gafford only played 15 minutes or 14 and a half and had four fouls. So Gafford returning from injury and with foul trouble kept Harrell's minutes high. So the sell high window is still a little bit open for Harrell. The future MVP, Kyle Kuzma, had 18-6 and six with four triples. Despite everyone telling me how well he's played, it hasn't really translated for fantasy. He's still the 114th ranked player. You should have him probably in a 12-team league. I'm just not convinced that it sticks. KCP had 11 points in his 30 minutes. Well, Gafford, yeah, three blocks, 15 minutes. That'll go up. It'll go back to 20 minutes, 21 minutes, I think, pretty soon. And, yeah, he'll provide enough value. Corey Kispert had five points. I don't know why I even mentioned that. Well, Denny Avdia played 18 and had nine points in a triple one. And he is a long way from impacting fantasy. One to the ca uh, Cavs. Not the Cavs, onto the Hawks. One of my buy lows today was... Um, 
Clint Capella. So what's going on with the minutes, Clint? Well, 16 and 12, one steal, two blocks, 78%. Everything that I told you was going to correct, corrected. And I wish I could be that accurate all the time. I said his field goal percentage is comically low. The minutes are going to come up. His rebounding has been bad. And he just had 16, 12, a steal, two blocks. That, that um, I hope you didn't have your dick in the sell high window because it just got squished. It closed that fast. I don't know why your dick would be in the window anyway. Trey Young, 26, 4, and 6. Nice game from him. While Bogdan Bogdanovich also correcting some early season slumps. 16, 6, and 6. And the Baptist, Johnny Collins. Um, no foul trouble. But still only 31 minutes. 12, 9, and 6. Someone said to me, oh, Josh, you're just so critical of John Collins all the time. You can't even say when he has a good game. Why do you hate him so much? I couldn't have been a bigger John Collins fan in the draft or in, in that breakout year that he had. I had him, like I think, significantly ahead of everybody. It's not about me hating John Collins. I think he's really good. I would give him way more minutes if I coach the Hawks. But the reality has to be that I see what they're doing. And I look at this game and he played 31 minutes with no fouls and had 12, 9, and 6. So when he has a good game, like it's great, but do I, is it going to continue? Like, no. You know, realism, I don't know why I said it that way, realism, realism versus Dutch ruddering someone who you like as a player, there's no point to that. Cam Reddish had 15 points in 27 minutes, three threes. Start of last season, when I talked to Hawks people, I said, Hawks people, who do the Hawks value more? Is it Reddish or Hunter? And every person I spoke to said, it's definitely Reddish. And then the season started, Hunter played 35 minutes. They said, I, they said to me, I don't even know where the Hunter's going to be in the rotation. I went, that's crazy, because they were stacked. They had a stacked team. Then Hunter came out, played 33 a night, had 25 usage, true shooting 66% and blew everyone away. And now I revisit it and go, maybe it is Reddish. 15-4-2 with three threes, while Hunter had another absolute turd bowl. 11-2 with zero assists and two steals. Jack Armstrong, warm up the pipes. Yeah, I think he's expendable, DeAndre Hunter. It's just not happening. Reddish is fine as a 12-team league. I'm not convinced he's must roster, but top 100-ish, top 105 ranking at the moment tells you there's something there. And he continues to shoot decent volume and another 50% from 3-9. And that will come down. He won't continue to shoot that well from 3. But he was good once more. No um, Kevin Herter. He was resting. Um, apparently, he couldn't run at all on his ankle all through preseason and all, you know, all offseason. Couldn't run. But does he actually need a rest when he played like 13 minutes two days ago? It was weird that they just randomly said, oh, by the way, Hurd is inactive. No injury. So what is it then? Rest. What? The guy's not playing. It suffice to say, why are you rostering Kevin Herter in 12 or 14 team leagues? The, you, you shouldn't in any situation. You shouldn't. You just shouldn't do it. Should not roster him whatsoever. Okay. Let's look at the next one. The Chicago Bulls beat the Celtics 128-114, a massive win for the Bulls on the road. DeMar DeRozan was excellent, 37-7 with three threes. Holy shit, DeMar DeRozan's hitting threes now. A steal and a block. He shot 75%. We tried to work out at the start of the year, yeah, would DeRozan be the third option? Who's taking a back seat? And again, Bulls people I talked to, no, it won't be Vooch, won't be Levine. DeRozan will have to settle in. Well, it's definitely Vooch, and DeRozan's just doing what he does. He also started out a bit slow to begin the year, but he's a 26th ranked player. He is killing it. Now, this shooting is no, it's no way. right? He's not going to keep hitting threes or 75% of his shots, but he's killing it. Levine, 26, 3, and 7, while um, Big... Who, uh, big... It's Vucevic. It's Big Vucevic. Vucevic. Nikola Vucevic had 11, 10, and 9 with two blocks. 11 points on 11 shots is dreadful. No free throw attempts is dreadful. The two blocks and nine assists are great. 
He's the 43rd ranked player. I did not like him being picked at the start of the second round. I just, I definitely didn't have him this low. He's fine, but let's recalibrate. Lonzo had 12, 6, and 4, while Alex Caruso, 9, 3, and 6, two steals and a block. Alex Caruso will be your TJ McConnell type player, I think, this year. Ayo Desumno has taken over from Troy Brown. Now, that won't probably last when um, Kobe White comes back. But 14 points for Desumno, 6 of 6 shooting. Not realistic. While Javante Green started, and he has very limited fantasy value. But just watch for where... Could White start over Javante Green? Can this team get someone with a surname Black so that we can have brown, green, white, and black? Fanda Blue available anywhere? And Derek Jones had two blocks and a steal. He's a defensive streamer. Now, let's before we do Celtic stats... Marcus Smart just absolutely dropped um, dropped an absolute bomb on this team at the end of the game. Just saying, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, they, they need to pass us the ball. They don't like passing. They should pass it more, which is a weird thing to say to the media. Say it to them in-house, and they're probably he's probably right. But weird thing to say to the media to say, hey, these guys, stop taking tough shots and give us the fucking ball. Basically, what he said. Um, so yeah, let's see how um, let's see how that goes. Jalen had twenty eight and seven with three assists and five threes. While Al Horford continues his unabated run to be an absolute stud. Twenty and ten, three threes. Now the block numbers dropped down, but somehow he still had a twenty and ten game. I don't know how he's doing it. I don't know how he is this good. He's killing it. Dennis Schroeder only twenty one minutes for him. Thirteen three and five with two steals, but took a lot of shots in those minutes. Only thirty percent of them went in. But Shredder is a hold for now. Marcus Smart, 16 points, four steals, three threes. Smart still remains a top 100 player, while Jason Tatum, still the buy-low windows open there. 20 points, four rebounds, three assists, two steals, because his shooting continues to be absolutely disgusting. 36 from the field is bad. 25 from three is bad. He cannot get anything going whatsoever. While the Rock DJ did have an ankle problem, Rob Williams, only 24 minutes, 6 and 5, but he did return to action, so hopefully he's fine. And then the Richardson, Grant Williams, Langford bench situa- situation offered us nothing. While Ennis Cantor and Jabari Park... People still roster Ennis Cantor in 12-team leagues, by the way, and they must just not be active. There is no, literally no other excuse for that. The Denver Nuggets... And the Memphis Grizzlies. The Grizzlies win at 106.97. Let's talk about Maga Porter Jr. I have um, prophesized, that's the wrong word. I've put it out there in the past that maybe his teammates hate him. Is that is it is it actually like a bad theory these days? 10 points for Maga Porter on nine shots. 36 minutes of steal on a block. Shots still aren't going in. I still think he's a buy low. But what, what's going on with this bloke? Like, he just is so disinterested. They're not giving him the ball. He's not taking shots. They're not going in. He signed a max contract. I don't know what that's going to look like. He is off, man. He is way off. Monty Morris had a solid game, 11 points with six assists, while Big Chungus, Nikola Jokic. How's Big Chungus dropping in the uh, blocks for us? Big, Big Chungus, Big Chungus. 23, 7, and 7 with four blocks. He's the number three player this year. Well, another good game from Aaron Gordon. Now, bad from the line, but 15 and 10. He's playing better than Michael Porter. 
He's got some short-term value while they figure this shit out. While it was a dreadful night from Will Barton, four points on 13%, but he did have four assists and he did have two steals, and he does remain a must-roster guy, while the big stiffy Bones Highland had eight points in 16 minutes with two steals, and he did unbelievably play ahead of Austin Rivers. And if I had a round of applause queued up, I would play it. In fact, let's just do this one. Oh, no, that's not what I want. Well, maybe it is what I want. I'm just going to... Oh, this is what I want. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Um, yeah, I don't know why I do want to do that. But anyway, Boner drops in eight points. Deep leagues, you're wanting to add him. For the Wolves, Ja Morant played through an elbow issue, 26, 7, and 8. 55% shooting, only one of, five, uh, one of two from the line. Um, continues to be really, really good. But a drop-off in the steal and three-point rate, which had elevated his numbers earlier on. While Tyus Jones, this came out of nowhere. 17 and 8, five threes, four assists, two steals. Just a great game from Jonesy. I don't think we can put much faith in it moving forward, but it was really, really good. Triple J, Jaron Jackson Jr. I defend this guy a lot because I think he can be a good basketball player. He is dumb as shit. It's like watching Marquise Chris out there. He just doesn't know what the hell to do. The dumbest fouls you'll ever see. He started out on fire, shooting well. Ended up 57%, but played 18 minutes because he had five fouls. 11 points, three threes, a steal and a block. Still the buy lows there, but I think his basketball IQ is like underneath his feet, it's so low. It's shit house. Steven Adams pushed back over 30 minutes, but looks more like Pelicans Adams. Six and seven with a steal and two blocks, still hold, while Desmond Bain had 11 and six, and it wasn't a great one from the wave pool to Anthony Melton. Nine and seven with a three on 27% shooting, still remains must roster. Zaya Williams is not going to play at all when Dylan Brooks returns. 16 minutes for him, five points on 18%. And look, there's a way that I can look at this rotation and go, well, Zaire played 16 and Johnny Conchar played 12. So those minutes can just go straight to Dylan Brooksy Brooks. And then Bain and Melton can still maintain decent enough value. And those 27 minutes that Tyus Jones plays, we don't need him getting 27 a night. So there is still some hope, I think, that Bain and Melton can maintain a large chunk of their value. How about your Orlando Magic? On the road against the Wolves, 115.97. Let's talk about Cole Anthony. I got this guy wrong. I, I, I was big on him last year, and you go back and watch any of my waiver shows, like add Cole Anthony, add him, add him, add him, and he was fine. And then in, in Summer League, he looked shocking. And the Magic were like, the magic people I spoke to again were like, I'm not sure they're going to prioritize this guy. 38 minutes, 31 points, 9 rebounds, 8 assists, 6 triples, 2 steals and a block, 11 free throw attempts. Just monster performances from Cole. Monster. He's a must-roster player. I don't know what the hell happens when Fultz comes back. But at the way he's going, you can't replace Anthony. You also can't replace Franz Wagner. 28 points in 31 minutes, five threes, two steals, and a block. Now, I loved him in the draft. I thought it was a great pick at number eight. And then he looked shitful in Summer League. And now he just looks like, all right, I just fit in the NBA and I'm good now. All right, must roster player. Mo Bamba. One, two, three, four, five. 34 minutes, eight and 10 with four blocks, while Wendell Carter had 15, 14, and two, three. These guys are all playing really well. I have no idea how Fultz and Isaac impact this. No idea. But on the, with the way that Anthony, Wagner, Bumba, and Carter are playing, none of them deserve to lose any minutes. Maybe Jamal Mosley's a good coach. Jalen Suggs shot poorly, but 15 and 4 is all right. I am still holding him. Well, I'm not worried about Trimmer Akiki in 12 teamers. He had 8 and 4 in 21 minutes. Terrence Ross had 5 points, and RJ Hampton had 15 minutes for 3 points. So, you know, how do Isaac and, look, Isaac and, and Fultz? They're going to be pretty limited, especially early. 
Yeah, where does it go- come from? Well, the 28 minutes and 15 minutes that Hampton are playing, or the, sorry, Ross and Hampton are playing, there was no Gary Harris in this game also. Like, I, I could just, yeah, Hampton's gone from the rotation. Ross plays 20 minutes, and then Fultz gets 24 of them, maybe. And then where do you fit Isaac, though? That's the question. Yeah, this, instead of 36 minutes and 34 for Bumba, they both play 30, and Isaac plays 23-24. It's a very, very interesting rotation. Anthony, Wagner, Bamba, Carter, all must roster. Suggs is two in my opinion, but he's behind all of those guys. And let's just figure it out later. It's really, it's hard to figure out how it all works, but it's going well. Carl Anthony Towns, 37 minutes. 23, 16, and 6, two steals. He did have an issue with his hand or his wrist, but he played through that, which is great. While Goose, Anthony Edwards... Pretty rough from the line, but 24 and 6 with two threes and two steals is nice. And Jared Vanderbilt started again, eight rebounds, 10 points in 29 minutes. Good rebound streamer. Jaden McDaniels, Jack Armstrong, he'll tell you what to do. Get that garbage out of here! While D'Angelo Russell, unfortunately, uh, injured his ankle, played only 17 minutes. Now, he was going terribly before that, three points on one of eight shooting. But he still was putting up numbers which were, before this, he was a top 100 player. I hope he's okay, and I'm definitely holding him. Um, but it's frustrating to have him go down again with an ankle injury. They started Jordan McLaughlin in the second half, but I'm watching Patrick Beverly here. Beverly was out as well, but if Beverly returns and Russell's out, then Beverly is the 12-team league ad. Uh, Malik Beasley also could be an option. 11 points, three threes, and six rebounds. So watch if they play Beasley more minutes if Russell happens to miss time, but not great for Russell to have that injury. Um... Leandro Balmaro, also an option maybe to get some minutes. But I think it'll be Beverly and McLaughlin. But if um, they're out, maybe they can work uh, Maybe they can work McLaughlin, or sorry, Balmaro, into the rotation there somewhere. All right, so let's go on to this last game of the day. We are looking at the Thunder and the Clippers. Just a warning, Obi is sitting on my lap, so he might pop his head up at any point. He just would not, like, settle. So he's in here sitting with me. Yeah, it's fine. The Thunder lose to the Clippers 99-94. They're up most of this game, and the Clippers get red-hot Paul George at the end getting the win. Shea played 40 minutes. 28-7, two steals and a block, three threes. After some early... There he is. After some early season issues, Shea is playing a lot better now. Well, Joshy Giddy, 15-5-7, two steals, two blocks and a three. Ah, guys, please make sure he's rostered in your league. Well, um, not much more happened there. Darius Baisley had 15 points. It took 12 shots and four free throw attempts. He's not really good. He's not anything more than a streamer. He's not a 12-team must-roster player. Lou Dort was out, so they started um, Joe Rogan, Jeremiah robinson Earl. Three points and six rebounds in 23 minutes for robinson Earl. That's two games in a row that he started. He actually started last game at center in place of Favors. Favors had nine points in 16 minutes. The rest of their rotation's a mess, right? Muscala and Favors and robinson Earl and... Williams and your Ty Jerome played six minutes here. It's all over the shop. But Giddy and Gildas Alexander, they're the blokes they're building around. Yeah, Dort to a lesser extent, but uh, Shea and Josh are putting up some big numbers. For the Clippers, it's all Paul George, really. 32, 9, and 7, three steals and a block. He continues to be excellent. Batum was pretty good here. 14 and 8 with two steals and four threes, while the Duck, Luke Kennard, another 30 minute game and another good performance. He, he just, when he shoots, it just doesn't feel like it's going to miss. 14 points, four threes. He needs to start over Eric Bledsoe, who, Jack Armstrong, what should we do? Get that garbage out of here! Yeah, look, he's cooked. He's just shithouse. Five points, three rebounds, three assists, two blocks. He was getting good steals. He played well early on. He's just shit. Like, you're much better having Terrence Mann or Luke Kennard in there. Isaiah Hartenstein, you know I like this guy. 
Two points, 12 rebounds, a steal, a block, 18 minutes. Played more than Ivica Zubats. I don't think there's enough there for him to be a 12-team league guy. But there's enough there to look at him. 16-teamers, yeah, sure. Like, he's the 180, 160th ranked player, about that, before this, uh, after this game. It's pretty good. So 16-teamers, 14-teamers, you look at that. Now, Reggie Jackson, he has been really bad. But he played 39 minutes. He had 15 points. He shot 29%. Now, he is not a good shooter, and he doesn't contribute in any other areas. All right, he had three rebounds and two assists with no steals and no blocks. But he's going to eventually become like a 42% guy, and then there'll be some value. So I'd much rather drop Bledsoe than Jackson. If you want to drop Jackson, by all means. His upside is so small. It's smaller than this bloke here, little Obi. That's how small it is. So if you want to drop him, go ahead. I don't care. Well, Terrence Mann had 10 points in 32 minutes. Terrence Mann, the breakout season for Terrence Mann hasn't happened. I was more skeptical on that than others were. He's fine if you want him in a 12-team league, but I'd hardly be getting um, excited about Terrence Mann. Let's have a look at the top performers in nine category leagues for today. Number one is Paulie George. Number two was Cole Anthony. Number three was LaMelo Ball. Number four was DeMar DeRozan. Five was the big avocado, Andre Drummond. Big Chungus was six, Nikola Jokic. DeMontis Sabonis at seven. Jarrett Allen at eight. Julius Randle at nine. And Trey Young at 10. In terms of guys rostered in under 50% of leagues, Tyus Jones. They said they want to play him and Morant together a little bit more, but I wouldn't overreact to that. Sfima Luke, just watch that one in case there is more absences for Scotty Barnes. Justin Holiday, streamer. Nick Batum, streamer. George Niang, short-term option with Toby Harris out. Anthony Simons, some 12-team value. Korkmaz, like Niang, some short-term value. Danny Green, well, he's hurt now. Ayo Desumnu, played well today, but 100% shooting's not real. And then Ken Birch, who's more of a 14-team league ad. And for points leagues, the top group is Paul George, Andre Drummond, Cole Anthony, LaMelo Ball, Jarrett Allen, Carl Anthony Towns, DeMar DeRozan, Nikola Jokic, DeMontis Sabonis, and the Jedi, Oji Ananobi. Now, yesterday, I didn't give you an update on the... Um, Locked on championship head-to-head league. It's embarrassing for me. I'm sitting in 10th in that league. Where Styles of Beyond is in first spot. I'm going to come back. We're good. We're going to come back from here. So I'm sitting in 10th in that league. Styles of Beyond is sitting in first. And that will do it for today's show. Don't forget to follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and the old Odyssey app. Well, if you're on YouTube, drop your um, comment down below. What's your Watfo for tomorrow? Let me know any other stuff. Subscribe, thumbs up, all that stuff. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.